Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. I am Pastor Michael. I'm happy to see you all here on this very chilly day in January, the second Sunday after Epiphany. Um, we have some announcements, so I'm going to hand that over uh, to our liturgist, who's going to tell you all kinds of fun stuff. First thing is that the funeral dinner yesterday was lovely, but it, we, we have quite a bit left over. So Linda is going to have it set up so that we are all welcome to go have lunch right after church. And it, let me tell you, it's very yummy. Okay. Um, there are tables with foods for the church family in the gym, and that's from Phyllis. Diane Gieske has a message. She wants to tell what she did for the four families this year, along with the gifts from the angel tree. 4.30 was collected at the potluck luncheon. Family one received a gas card, two $50 GameStop gift cards, plus an ad, the ad board approved a monetary gift. Family two, gifts on the tree and scarves and hats and gloves. Family three, a $500 gift, Walmart gift card and a $100 gas card. Family four, a Walmart gift card and gifts from the tree. The mitten tree articles were all donated to Clinton Elementary School to Phyllis for the Food Pantry and Crossing Guard and Catherine Cobb Center. She says, many thanks to all for your love and giving this year, also for all the help I received. What a joy in Jesus' name, Diane Gieske. Um, I have, um, on, on my own before I read the others, I'm seeking donations of quilt bat for our prayer quilts. Um, that, that we're making for everyone. 80-20 king size is the best because we can get four plus quilts out of one bag. Um, we have lots of fabric, lots of other things, but we have used up, except for a few small pieces, all of the bat that was upstairs. You can order it online, you can have me order, I don't care. Um, you can have anybody else order, but it would be very helpful if we could get some quilt bat. Announcements, the bell choir, uh, anyone 10 years of older who's interested in ringing bells, please contact Kim, because they're wanting to start up a children's bell group also. Let Kim know. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> we'll, we'll mail them twice with it. <laughs> I'm going to step aside. Oh, okay. You've got to tap. got to put a bell around you now. Uh, we're well organized here this morning. Um, <clears throat> Due to some failure on my part, I haven't gotten around to getting these announcements put in the bulletin, so that's why I get up and announce them. Uh, bell Choir for the adults and the ones who have currently been playing is Thursday at 6 o'clock. Uh, Sanctuary Choir, uh, we got seats available. If you can sing a melody, you're more than welcome to join us. Uh, we uh, rehearse Fridays at 4. Um, those that can't make that, I can send them YouTube um, videos of most of them and you can work on them at home and then we go through them on Sunday morning before we sing. Uh, I am starting a kids bell choir. Uh, I'm going to leave it to parents discretion on how young. Um, I'm thinking like maybe first grade up um, but you know if, if they've got to kind of have be able to count and be able to watch me so I can bring them in but I would love to have a kids' bell choir. So if you have kids, let me know. And so I can try to figure out what time would be best for 
moms and dads to get the kids here for choir. Uh, thank you. Um, we're still trying to get help for the local veterans. There's a list. Oh, going back to the, the lunch after church, if someone is in, out in their car, they don't want to come in, um, we can prepare a lunch to go for them. So just let us know. I forgot. Linda told me and I forgot. Uh, we still need cleaning help. We are always taking Christmas past items. And Sheila is still looking for help. Um, for this time at the Catherine Cobb, it's January 31st and February 1st in the afternoon to help with some cleaning and organizing at the shelter in Adrian. She and Linda went one day and Sheila went another day. I guess it's quite a process and they have a lot to um, get organized. Please stand and join me in the call to worship. A voice cries in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make God's way clear. Lift up every valley, lower every mountain. For the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Please join us in our hymn, number 117, Our God, Our Help in Ages Past. join me in the opening prayer loving God you sent your prophet John to prepare your way among us to call us to repentance and make our pathway straight 
Strengthen us to live lives of steadfast love and faithfulness as we await the Messiah's return, that all may see your reign of peace through your just and gracious rule. Amen. Let's do the when the spirit of the Lord where the spirit of the Lord is there is one true church apostolic and universal whose holy faith let us now declare we believe in God the Father infinite in wisdom and power and love whose mercy is over all his works and whose will is ever directed to his children's good we believe in Jesus Christ Son of God and Son Son of of Man, man. the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of our deliverance from sin and death. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, whereby we are kept in perpetual remembrance of the truth of Christ and find strength and help in time of need. We believe that this faith should manifest itself in the service of love as set forth in our example of our blessed Lord to the end that the kingdom of God may come upon the earth. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. May your righteousness go before God and prepare a pathway for the Lord. Let us offer our lives in labor to God and fulfill our vows to the Most High.
please rise and join in singing our doxology. Lord, we give you thanks that in the coming of Christ, your steadfast love and faithfulness have met, and your righteousness and peace have kissed. May the gifts we offer this day lift up those in need and prepare the way of your salvation. Amen. You may be seated, and we will continue with hymn number 384, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling.
may be seated. It is now time for our youth moment. I'd like to invite all of our youth and children to come grab a chair, and I will meet you down there. guys doing? We're not awake yet? No? Not quite? Yeah? You are six now? That's pretty cool. You're going to be driving in no time. <laughs> so you guys have a good week? Do you learn fun stuff in school? Yeah? So I don't know if you guys remember, but either last week or maybe the week before that, we talked about how it can be hard to be patient sometimes. Like when we're waiting for something like a birthday or Christmas. Um, do you think... Do you think the adults have a hard time being patient sometimes? Yeah. Yeah, I know I do. Um, do you think God ever has a hard time being patient? Maybe? You don't think he does? I, I'll be honest. From what I read in Scripture, God is very, very patient, especially when it comes to us. And when we look back and stuff in the Old Testament, which I know you guys have learned some of that in Sunday school, um, the, the Israelites, they did, they did some stuff that God didn't really want them to do, and they, they stopped paying attention to God a couple times. And by a couple, I mean they did it a lot. But God never gave up on them. God was patient and waited for them to come back to God. And that is one of the best things about God is no matter how far we might wander or how, um, how much we might sometimes forget to maybe pray or to do other stuff, God is patient with us. Um, and even more patient than our parents or other people. Yeah. That's okay. Um, it's also important when it comes to being patient that we try and be patient with other people. And I know that can be hard sometimes. It can get frustrating. Um, where I'm originally from, just outside of Chicago, it's very hard to be patient with the way people drive. Um, Pastor Michael has struggled with that his whole life. Um, which is part of the reason Pastor Michael likes living up here in Michigan. Um, but we also need to be patient with ourselves. Do you guys ever get frustrated when you're trying to do something and you make a mistake? 
Yeah? No, you guys are all perfect. You don't make mistakes. <laughs> I know when, when I'm doing something and I make a mistake, I get frustrated um, with myself. But it's important that we're patient with ourselves, too. Yeah? Yeah, tying, tying knots sometimes can be very frustrating. But it's, it's important that we're patient with ourselves, too, because God's patient with us. So it's okay when we make mistakes and we get frustrated, but we got we to gotta be good to ourselves just like we try to be good to other people, okay? You think you can do that? Try and be patient with yourself, too? Yeah? Because it's important, because God doesn't want us to, to be mad at ourselves or be angry with ourselves. God wants us to be happy and to love ourselves as much as we should try and love other people, too. Okay? I think you notice we got some more prayer quilts over there. Last week, uh, one of the prayer quilts we had was for uh, Mr. Harry, and so one of those today is for uh, his wife, Miss Norma, um, and the other is for a friend of uh, Miss Sheila's, Miss Sandy, sorry. Um, I've got it written down, and I forgot. Lisa. Lisa. Lisa, thank you. Uh, the other one's for Miss Lisa. So um, I need your help again. We're going to pray over those, and then we're going to ask the adults to come up and pray over them um, because we want to make sure that, that they both know how much we love them and how much God loves them. So can you guys help me with that again? Yeah, you think so? Can we, can we put... Stretch our arms and hands out towards them so we can pray over them. Can you do that? Okay, here we go. Loving and comforting God, we, we thank you for all the ways you bless us, how you walk with us in our lives, and for all the patience you have with us. And we ask that you would bless these quilts, that they might bring comfort and warmth to Miss Lisa and Miss Norma, we ask that they would be reminders to them how much they are loved by us and by you. And we ask that you can help us to be patient with ourselves and patient with each other and help us to always show love to one another. In your name we pray, amen. 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 All right. Um, and then you guys have some fun stuff to do in Sunday school. And I'm going to invite anyone else from our congregation who'd like to come, over, come up and pray over our quilts uh, for the next few moments before we continue on with the rest of our service.
All right, if you turn in your bulletin to our section for prayer requests, uh, we are lifting up Jeff Miller. Uh, that's Lucy's son and Lisa's brother. He's going to be having surgery on the 19th to remove a tumor on his kidney. Um, he only has one kidney left, so uh, we are praying that the tumor can be removed without any damage to his kidney and that um, the cancer that they are worried about can be contained. Um, we are continuing to pray for Janet Morgan. She will be having breast cancer surgery tomorrow. That's Carl's daughter. Uh, so we're praying for, again, successful remover of, removal of the cancer. Uh, Diane Gieske had outpatient, outpatient surgery on the 14th to repair a hernia. Um, I have heard from her family and from her, uh, everything went well. She's just a little sore and a little tired, and that's to be expected, but she's in very good spirits. Um, we want to continue to pray for the Spencers. Um, David is uh, obviously doing better from COVID, but Heather now has been showing symptoms, so prayers still for them. Um, as we mentioned with the prayer quilt, we're praying for Lisa, a good friend of Sandy's, um, who lost her uh, 29-year-old son uh, at the end of December last year. Uh, we are praying for uh, Susan, a high school friend of Sheila's, who is battling cancer again. Uh, there's continuing prayers for Fred. Um, as it says in, in our bulletin, he's going to be having to wear that neck brace uh, forever. Um, and there is, uh, make note of the new address if you haven't already, uh, if you'd like to send him cards or letters or anything. Uh, we continue to pray for Wilda and Paul Hawkins, for Wilda to keep healing and getting better. Uh, we want to continue our prayers for the family of Molly Kovac, um, who passed away. Um, and I really, again, want to thank um, everyone who helped uh, with the funeral dinner. Um, Linda and Jody, I know we're taking, taking the lead on that, and everyone just did a wonderful job. The family was really, really appreciative, so thank you. Uh, for everything. Uh, we are continuing to pray for Harry as he's healing from his uh, broken vertebrae. Um, he is able to get around. He has a walker. He doesn't always remember to use it, and Norma has to sometimes remind him. Uh, but other than that, he seems to be doing well. Uh, we are continuing to pray. Um, a friend of Sarah and Sue's, uh, Carl, uh, passed away from kidney failure, so prayers for his family and friends. Uh, we are also continuing to pray for Pat Duday's daughter in Escanaba, uh, Amy. She's been struggling with her diabetes and some other medical issues. Um, and then as uh, Pastor Bill mentioned last week, uh, prayers for uh, the passing of Father David Hudgens. Uh, he was the priest at St. Joseph's Shrine Catholic Church. Um, he was killed in a car accident at the beginning of this year, so... Prayers for his family, friends, um, and his parishioners. Uh, we also have a prayer request for Sharon uh, from David and Sue. Um, that's Sue's mother, correct? I think, yes? No. Sorry. Um, uh, she was rushed into the ER uh, with lesions on her brain, and uh, there's a lot of swelling, so we are praying um, that they can help to ease that and, and help her to heal. Do we have any any others this morning? Yeah, Reverend. Um, yes. There was a farmer over 
shields. He lost his son. Jacob Farm, um, he lost his boy like, our, like my son. He was autistic. He was 30 years old. He died. Um, they buried him over here at the Funapala. Uh, was, his wife was my son teacher, Margie and Jacob. They lost her Jacob about a couple weeks ago. So let's please keep that family in our prayers as well as they mourn that loss. If you would please join me now in an attitude of prayer. As heralds of God's good tidings, let us lift up, lift up our voices with strength this day, praying to the one who comforts, restores, and heals. Let us pray for all leaders and people of the world you have created one human family to live in righteousness and peace. Give us the wisdom to order our common life according to your loving purposes, that your glory may be revealed and all people shall see it together. Let us pray for your church. You have given us the gift of the Messiah so that your church may be steadfast and true. Give us strength to follow your Son until all have come to repentance and are reconciled by his love. Let us pray for those who are sick, who suffer need, who are exiled or in danger. You have made us for a holy purpose, to comfort and care for each other. Give us compassion to love our neighbor and patience to care for those in need. Let us pray for your creation. Your faithfulness springs up from the ground and your goodness looks down from the sky. Rid us of the laziness and greed that diminish life as you teach us to care for your creation together. Let us remember those who have died. Ever-living God, one day in your presence is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like one day. Make us one with the saints who have found their eternal home in you, Almighty God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please join together aloud with me in our prayer for illumination. Mighty God, send your Holy Spirit to seek peace, that the good news of this age may be proclaimed through your word, which stands forever. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is Habakkuk 2, 1 through 5, and Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8 in the NRSV. God's reply to the prophet's complaint. I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will, not, it will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. Moreover, wealth is treacherous. The arrogant do not endure. 
they open their throats wide as shoal. Like death, they never have enough. They gather all nations for themselves and collect all peoples as their own. Everything has its time. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. The word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks, thanks be to God. Our next hymn is Lift Up Your Heads, Ye Mighty Gates, number 213 in your hymnals. may be seated. <clears throat> Our final scripture reading this morning comes from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 13. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, 
but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done in it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved, and the elements will melt with it? But in accordance with this promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth, where righteousness is at home. This is the word of God for the people of God, and you say, Thanks be to God. Please join me again in an attitude of prayer. Loving and patient God, we spend our days running to and fro, from one task to the next, from one pressure point to the next, from one moment of stress to the next. We rush and rush throughout our lives and too often look back at times we rushed through instead of being more present and enjoying those moments. But you are patient, God. Every time the people of Israel turned away, you patiently waited for their return. Every time we lose our focus and stop praying, stop praising, stop remembering you, you patiently wait for our return. Help us to learn a patience like yours, one driven by love, mercy, and grace. And now may the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning once again to you all. We are continuing in our January sermon series titled Life Without Timekeeping or In God's Time. Throughout this series, we are going to continue talking all about time from our perception of time, how we understand our time versus God's time, how we, how we keep our time, how we spend our time, and similar time-related topics and ideas. A great deal of thoughts, facts, opinions, and more have been written about time from a various number of disciplines, including theology, psychology, philosophy, mathematics, and many more. Last week, we talked about the end of time, or the time when Jesus will return, or the end of the evil age and the introduction into the age of righteousness, however you might want to think about it. We talked about how Scripture tells us that only God knows the day and or the hour. And we talked about the theological conundrum of some of the words we found in Matthew and Mark's gospel that make it sound like Jesus, who is a part of the Trinity, does not know the time and how that would all work. We also discussed humanity's obsession with time and counting down our time. We talked about how precious a commodity time is for so many of us. And I posed a challenge, an idea to all of you to try to let love be a more precious commodity in our lives. They say patience is a virtue. 
But who's they? Where did that saying even come from? This sentiment is a reflection upon someone's ability to wait for something. And when we call patience a virtue, it inevitably leads people to believe that the ability to wait without agitation is an admirable quality. Part of the reason that this has been such a long-standing truth throughout history is because when we think about it, patience, it goes against our internal instincts. Let's be honest. Patience is something that everyone struggles with at some level, all the way back to our earliest ancestors. Now, unfortunately, like many famous sayings that we still use today, the originator of the claim that patience is a virtue, it's not so easy to pin down. There are some who date it back to Cato the Elder, somewhere in the third or fourth century, from a Latin collection of proverbial wisdom and morality that became the most popular Latin textbook in the Middle Ages. And in this collection, there is a line that reads, of human virtues, patience is most great. And despite that striking statement defending patience, Cato often gets forgotten or overlooked as the originator of this phrase. There is other research that claims we'll need to go back to the 5th century to a Latin poet, Prudentius, or something close to that, um, who wrote an almost 1,000-line epic poem titled Psychomania, which really sounds like the name of a kind of a heavy metal band, to be honest. But this epic poem describes the conflict between vice and virtue. However, the famous line, or really any other variation of it, about patience being a virtue, it is never expressly stated in this poem. It is, though, still one of the earliest recorded attempts at highlighting patience as a virtue. Now, one of the most common beliefs is that the phrase comes from another poem, Piers Plowman, that is said to have been written by an English poet, William Langland, somewhere around 1360. And the poem is about a man in search of faith. And there is a line in the poem that states, Patience is a fair virtue. This poem is an allegory, meaning its characters are symbolic and satirical, but it is not vague or abstract in its message. There are still others who attribute the saying to the Canterbury Tales, written in the 14th century and something that many high school British literature students have spent a fair amount of time with myself included once upon a time. The Canterbury Tales were written by Geoffrey Chaucer, and it was about 10 years after Piers Plowman that the Canterbury Tales began to gain some more notoriety. And in the Canterbury Tales, this series of stories, it details virtue's place in our lives through the pilgrimages that the characters within embark upon, ones that are motivated by love and and characterized by self-denial and contrition. 
What's kind of interesting, though, is that Chaucer actually refers to Cato in his tales, even though he doesn't cite patience directly. Chaucer does allude to Cato's text, though, as being an authority on morality. What about the Bible? Does the Bible say anything about patience being a virtue, whether in those exact specific words or in being alluded to? And is patience something that only we struggle with, or is it something that finds its way into God's character? I want to start with our passage from Ecclesiastes in the third chapter. And that section is often titled, Everything Has Its Time, or something similar. And I'm sure many of you recognized that passage as it was read. You may even know it by heart, um, or at the least, you can remember many parts of it. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, and a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Now, some of you may be thinking, Pastor, that's a beautiful passage, but it's talking about seasons of life. It's not talking about patience. And that argument could be made, but I would, I would push back and say that for someone to be able to recognize these seasons and understand their importance requires some patience. After it is a time to plant, and the planting has occurred, one must patiently wait before harvesting or your yield will be weak and small. There is a time to kill and a time to heal. According to the stuff I see on Ion Television, killing someone, at least with a great sense of rage, is usually seen as having an absence of patience. And in many cases, healing takes a great deal of time. A lot of us struggle waiting for healing to complete, especially those who have lost someone they love in their lives. In the second half of verse 7, it says, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. How many of us struggle with that one? I mean, whether it's to share something positive or defend a position in an argument, Having the patience to wait for the right time to speak can be very challenging. And the very last part of the passage offers to its readers the following, a time for war and a time for peace. Now, I can't speak for everyone, but I'll be honest that I feel like we've been waiting an eternity for 
an end to war, whether it's between countries or groups of people or even just sometimes two people that we may know or maybe in our lives or maybe we're one of those two people. The only thing that has really kept my patience in check when it comes to waiting for an end to war and a beginning of peace is really the simple reality that in most large wars, anyway, there is often little one individual person could do to bring an end to that conflict. Going on to our last reading from 2 Peter chapter 3, we find some reflection on God's patience. Verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. The Lord is patient with you. And here's the thing. It's more than just God is patient while we're getting our act together over a short time period or getting around maybe to forgiving someone who has sinned against us. No, it's, it's much, much more deeper than that. The Lord is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. That's saying that God is willing to wait for us, no matter how long. God is patient enough to wait for us to come to God in faith. And not for God's own edification or self-importance, No, God is patient because God does not want anyone to miss out on eternal life. God is patient because God wants everyone to come to repentance, to be reconciled back to God. And that only happens through love and grace. This idea really kind of starts to make sense when we look at the words of the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. It's passages like this one from 2 Peter and from John's gospel that they always give me a sense of hope and, and peace. I'm also filled with a great sorrow and righteous anger when I think of how many people have walked this earth, and those that still do, who try to convert people to faith using fear. If you do not accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right this very second, you will burn for all eternity in hell. That's not what Scripture says. Scripture says that God loves us so much and wants to be in relationship with us so much and spend eternal life with us so much that God is patient with us as we try to figure it out, as we are brought to faith. Even if on our deathbed or even in the moments right after death when Potentially, things might become much clearer. Talk about patient. 
God has been dealing with us since the very beginning. And how many of us are still trying to figure it all out? If we're really honest, it's, it's really all of us. But learning that God is patient with us, in a way, it really shouldn't be that huge of a surprise. As I mentioned to our, our young children and our youth, you only have to go back to the Old Testament to find countless stories of the people of Israel turning away from God, getting into all kinds of trouble, and finally coming back to God. Every single time, God takes them back. God never gives up on them. God never says, you know what, this is the 15th, 20th time you people are doing this. I'm out. You're on your own. Good luck. God never gave up on them, and God never gives up on us. I firmly and completely believe that God will give us every possible opportunity and chance to turn to faith, even after death, even standing before God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And I believe that because the God I know, the God I worship, and the God I want to be in relationship with is a God of patience and love and grace. I can openly admit that my patience has been tested throughout my life. My parents tested my patience when I wanted something they knew I probably shouldn't have, whether as a child or a teenager or an adult. My children have tested my patience as they should. They're children. They're trying to learn how this world works. They're trying to understand relationships and boundaries. Traffic jams. Test my patience. I've talked about it several times. But for every time that my patience has been tested, and every time that I have failed one of those tests, God still has patience with me. And God has patience with all of you, with all of us. I can say fairly confidently that if this wasn't the reality of our God, if God was not patient, we wouldn't be here. As a species, we would not have made it this long. Now it is our turn to do our best, try to be patient with others and with ourselves. Showing patience is a sign of love. And we know what God commands and expects from us when it comes to love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your very being, and love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. If you would rise as you are able, we are going to sing once again our ending praise song, Shout to the Lord. We will go through it uh, twice because it's short.
Beloved children of God, the day of the Lord is coming. Therefore, strive to live in peace, for God's salvation is near. May faithfulness spring up from the ground and righteousness look down from heaven as you walk in the way of peace. And may the blessing of God, eternal majesty, living word, and holy comforter be with you now and always. Amen.